Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. This is the unfettered, unfiltered word of God, which is Christianity. And I just want to tell all the people who are, if you're visiting, it's your first time here, don't, don't be offended immediately. What you do is you be still and know that he's God. You wait on the Lord. What happens, what you need to do is write down the, mess, the passages that you hear and go home and check them. Don't miss out because you're offended. Offense does not mean you're right. I get offended all the time. Seriously, I mean, you might be thinking Tom's offense proof. I'm not offense proof. I get offended all the time. What I do is I still, I sit there and I watch I, I watch lots of messages. I watch lots of sermons from the pastors that I watch, which there aren't very many. There's really four that I watch. But I watch it, and there's times I don't agree with them. I don't stop watching them. I'm against them now. I go and I confirm things with the Word of God. And oftentimes I'm sitting there going, That's just you being carnal. Be quiet. And if that's what you need to do, make sure that you do that. Be open to the Word of God, not me. Yes, I'm going to yell. Yes, I'm going to scream. But decide whether or not, via the word of God, whether it's true. Is it true? The world, the, the world that we're living in is one thing, but then we have the church. What's going on with the church and the reason why the church, its soft underbelly has been exposed. First of all, there shouldn't be a soft underbelly because you should be surrounded in the, in the, in the armor of God. But the reason why there's a soft underbelly is because the armor of God is the word of God and nobody stands on the word of God. They've made their, this has been on my mind all week this week and I try to phrase it in the way that's understandable to all, not that, that my way of phrasing things is above yours, it's just different than yours, so I try to make it understandable to all. What's going on in the modern church is everybody picks and chooses like a cafeteria plan who Jesus is instead of the word which is who Jesus is. Oh, I like the love part, but I don't like the reproof part. I like the heaven part, but I don't like the hell part. I like the healing part, but I don't like the judgment part. You gotta go with, the reason why there's, there's, there's folks in this room that are not progressing is you actually refuse to look at the word of God. There should be fruit there. If there's no fruit, stop lying to yourself. There needs to be correction. Hardcore right hand or left hand turns now. Not 10 years from now, now. Well, that's just your opinion, Tom. No, a tree is known by its fruit. Well, we've been at, you know, we've had this ministry now for, you know, 10 years and it never grows. And never, See, then when that was me, you know what I did? I went, something's wrong. Something needs to change. It, I wasn't sitting there defending my failures and calling them learning lessons. So we, we love to camouflage things. Anything that would keep us from any, store, any sort of working of the nerve. I don't want to have, I don't want, you know, I, I don't want a threat to myself. I just go ahead and let God be God. If he's got to reconstruct and he's got to tear things down, 
then I let them tear it down. Oh, Tom, that's big talk. No, you don't, you don't get me. I will, listen, I will let it all go if that's what God wants. Just let it go. If God told me today, you know what, Tom? You need to change every last thing about you, I would do it. You need to, Tom, you need to stop yelling. You need to be calmer. All right, God, I'll do it. He doesn't tell me that, so don't get your hopes up. (laughs) You need to pay close attention to this message today. See, we need need answers in the church. Answers. Instead of adding and subtracting to the word of God to make ourselves feel better or to justify ourselves, we need answers from the word of God. If things don't happen the way that the Bible says they should happen, then somebody's in error. If everything in Psalm chapter one, verse three, if everything that you lay your hands to is to prosper and it's not, something's wrong. And you have to be okay with that. Not okay with it in that I'm going to allow things to stay wrong. You have to be okay with I am wrong and what do I need to do to fix it? So you know there's, there's people at this church and don't come up and ask me if it's you. Don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm, I'm ordering you not to do it. I don't do that very often. I'm telling you, don't do it. That I would like to use more, but I can't because you're weird. You're not anointed, you're annoying. I'd like to use you more, but I can't. People complain about you. You're like, who's he talking to? I've got a myriad of people in my head. I'd like to use you more, but I can't. But you refuse to change. You won't look at the fruit and change. You still think you're gonna have a breakthrough. You're not gonna have a breakthrough when God has told you, here is step one. I refuse to take it, but where's step three? You're not getting there. God, it's not me holding you back. You're gonna switch churches, I know. You're not, but what is, have you ever noticed that everything's lateral? Nothing's vertical. Every move that you make, you actually are not getting any higher. You're just, you're just laterally moving. Church, 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 church. Nothing's changed. Nothing's exploded. When you're like, Tom, you're mean. This is not edifying. This is the most edifying thing you could ever hear. I'm setting you up for growth. And sadly, the people who should be listening to this the most probably are not. Because you should be asking yourself, where is all the romance, all the fun, all the fruit? Scott, this life is supposed to be exciting. Not mundane, not in the doldrums, the windless sea. It should be exciting. There should be growth. It doesn't mean that every single Sunday there's growth or every single Bible study there's growth, but you should be moving vertically. A lot of people don't even enter into the arena. They're not even trying to find out what they're called to do because they believe what they're called to do is attend that which they are. You don't attend that which you are. This is a funny thing. People get really upset with me when I criticize church people. What else am I gonna do? 
You're my experiences. It's not anybody in this room. There you go. You're free. Person left this church because he said that we didn't do enough for the hurricane victims or hurricane. All right. I'm like, okay, what'd you do? What'd you do? I, I know, how many thousands do you think we spent on people? We spent, we spent somewhere between seventy five dollars and $100,000 on people. We did that. We had Eddie Cruz out and others going out and helping people rebuild their homes physically. That's not, that, that's not money we spent either. I mean, that's additional money that we spent. So we, did, we, we gave away copious amounts of food and food and food and food, paid people's bills, did all of those things, and this guy said we didn't do enough. He did zero. You see, he's living in a powerful delusion. See, delusion is the big brother of deception. The stronger, bigger brother of deception. And listen, many of you need to face the facts. I, I've been deluded. I've lived in delusion. Some of you need to face the fact because if there is no fruit of non-delusion, that means there's delusion. That man is delusional. Because you should always ask yourself, what have I done? If I am the church, why are you asking the church what they did? Why don't you come to me and say, hey, listen, I got the first $100. Where do you want it to go? Where, where, Where was that? No, it just gave him an excuse. It gave him an excuse to make another lateral move. Which many people, whether you're watching right now or whether you're right here in the room, many people right now, right at this moment, you're on the verge of another lateral move. You never go up, you just move to the side. Thinking the entire time that you're, that you're going upward, that you're going vertical, but the entire time you're going horizontal. Because you refuse to be broken. You refuse to change. You refuse to look at yourself in the mirror and say, is it me. Wives, you need to look. Am I holding my husband back? Husbands, you need to look. Am I holding my wife back? You're welcome. Why do you think it is that the entire world is preconditioned, preconditioned to receive the devil? Why do you, why do you think it is that they're all so vulnerable that most people will receive the mark of the beast? Why is that? Because they've actually been preconditioned. They are, they are, the, the skids are being greased by themselves. Is there satanic activity, demonic activity? Of course there is. But this, Satan can't do anything that you don't allow. Can't do a thing. People are preconditioned. You look at it right now. If you have Genesis, it's not, I didn't give you guys any of this, but if you want to find it, you can. It just came into my beautiful mind right before the service. If you look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, right? Well, what is happening right now? What's happening right now is Isaiah 14, 14, where Satan said, when he was Lucifer, he said, I want to become like the most high God. That's the transhumanist, transgender movement. They're preconditioned for the Antichrist, because they're actually, because they carry the Antichrist trait. What's, what, what is the Antichrist? Well, the Antichrist, of course, is the representative of the devil. 
So he would represent what the devil believes. What does the devil believe? I want to ascend to the throne of the most high God. Transgender and transhumanist people, transhumanist people, believe that they're gonna download themselves into a machine and live forever. Just as man is destined to die once, sorry, and after that to face judgment. You ain't, gonna, you ain't gonna transition to no computer because that's not the Bible. You're gonna be dead. <laughs> Hebrews 9, 27. But they take on the attributes of Satan so they'll easily take his mark. Because they, 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 are, they have the traits. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language because he is a liar and the father of all liars. That's who these people are. They're preconditioned to receive the mark of the beast. Preconditioned for it. You look at, you look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. They're preconditioned. Now, do, how, many of the, how many of these traits does the church have? If you're changing the word of God, remember how Satan would go to Jesus, if you are Jesus, and you're changing who Jesus is to fit your life. Well, I don't believe in harsh correction. Who do you believe in? Jesus only brought harsh correction. I don't know one time he didn't. When was it ever soft? He did, it doesn't even go into great detail in Matthew chapter 18 when the kids came to him. But every other time he dealt with an adult, it was by today's standards harsh. See, by today's standards, words are harsh. By biblical standards, when, we're, when, it's talking, when, when the Bible talks about, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, that's words. When it, when it, talk, when it talks about you know, being, being soft or not persecuting, it's talking about violence. Because back then, they didn't like what you said, you got nailed to a tree. They didn't like what you said, they just brought you out of town and stoned you. Nowadays, people think it's harsh if they got their nerve worked at church on a Sunday. Boy, that was harsh. Good message, but it was harsh. I noticed I throw the good message part in there. <laughs> but we have to watch that we're not preconditioned to accept things that are unbiblical rhetoric. To accept things that should never be. What happens is things happen that shouldn't happen or things don't happen that should happen and instead of going, I am wrong, what's the Bible have to say? Instead what we do is what I call adapt our theology. I'll just adapt, improvise, adapt, and overcome. You don't improvise and adapt and overcome the Bible. You conform and submit to the Bible. Something's wrong, nothing wrong with that. Listen, there are things, understand, let me set your heart and your mind at ease. There are things in my life that are not right. Does it make you feel better? I'm not perfect. I'm working, but one thing I do not do, if I, if I was to say that I'm ahead of a lot of Christians in one area, here's one that I'm, up, that I'm ahead of most Christians. I may be behind most Christians in other areas, I don't know. But one that I seem to be ahead is transparency and honesty. Oops, I'm wrong. 
Oops, I apologize. See how quiet it is in here? Because many of you are supposed to apologize. We're supposed to have apologized to your wife three weeks ago. And you're still sitting there. Hoping that it goes away, just like the COVID caving church. Well, we're all pretending now that we weren't closed for 18 months. Well, I hate that Biden. Well, you voted him in. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. The moment you put that, the moment that you put that uh, 2021, 2020 swastika on your face, you voted him in. No politics from the pulpit. No po- Listen, how is it politics from the pulpit when one is for gay marriage, transgenderism, and butchering the unborn? It's got nothing to do with politics. Nothing to do with it. You want me to be fair? Here it is. The Democratic Party is mega evil, and the Republican Party worships at their throne. That's the truth. Everybody is so scared to say anything. What if I get called names? They call me something phobic. Who cares what a baby butcherer thinks? Who cares? Who cares what a person who can't identify what male and female is thinks? Who cares what a homosexual activist thinks? Oh, they're not going to like me. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. See, that, see, that's the opposite of most churches this morning, preaching right now at 11, 13 a.m. Eastern time. Right now, it's the opposite. They're like, I want, the every, I want everybody to agree, agree with me. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so do their fathers to the false prophets. Luke 6, 26. Don't let it bother you. That's just Jesus talking. They think that's how you're going to win everybody. Dumb down the gospel. So that you bring people into the church, winning them to a non-gospel. What's the point? If you're winning them to something that's not the Bible, you're winning them to the Antichrist spirit. What's the point? Well, you know, we're all, listen, what we're about in this church is we're, um, we tell everybody what we're for, not what we're against. That's not the Bible. You know, we don't, we don't, we focus on the positive and not the negative. That's not the Bible. What's the Bible? Both, 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 both. Fervently, both. All right, let me start the message. (laughs) If you're not a Christian, you lack faith. If you're not a Christian, you lack faith. If you are a Christian, you don't. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Romans chapter five, verses one and two. Eventually I'll get get a a verse to you guys that you actually have. It's coming up. (laughs) You actually lack faith if you're not saved. You do not lack any faith if you are saved. None, zero, zilch. You have faith to move mountains. You have faith to pull a mulberry tree up by the roots and have it planted in the sea. Matthew chapter 21, verse 21. Luke chapter 17, verses five and six. You have that faith. 
That's in both situations, the disciples came to him and basically said, what's wrong? Have you ever asked that? What's wrong? If you are a Christian, it is not a lack of faith. It is a synergistic tension against your faith that's causing you not to be able to see open doors and to walk through doors that are not opened by the Spirit but are opened by carnality or by the devil. You can't see the specific. You're not seeing the miraculous. It's not because you lack faith. And I said this last week. We torque people off by telling them that they lack faith. I'm talking about Christians now. If they're unsaved, they do lack faith. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, have they been justified? No, so they lack faith. But if they're a legitimate Christian, I don't care if they are hardcore Baptist. They're in the bus ministry, busing in kids, saved as saved can be, who believe in cessation, that all the, the works of the apostles stopped in the book of Acts, they believe it, they're hardcore. They still don't lack faith. What they have is contention to the faith they already have. And they've chosen to listen to the adversary of faith instead of faith itself. You don't lack faith, you have it all. You've been given the measure of faith. You may deny it. Well, we, I just believe that, you know, the, the miracles ended in the book of Acts. Not a Bible verse. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So the word of God is faith, so you lack faith when it comes to faith. That's the truth. You deny it. I believe this and I believe. Watch those first two words. Should be as it is written, not I believe. I believe is dangerous. That's why you always hear me quote Psalm 138 too, for he has magnified his word above his name. Because you can't argue with the word. The word is faith. Period. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word is faith. But when you start with I believe, watch out. Luke 8, 11 through 15, let me show you this. If you are not a Christian, you lack faith. If you are a Christian, you do not lack faith. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So there you go. The seed is the word of God. Seed is faith. And those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes the seed, their faith, away. Those on the rocky ground, now these next two, most Christians need to fervently listen to. Because most of us, so you can't be offended, I didn't say most of you, I said most of us. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who hear. The, I mean, those on the, this, I'll quote it because I've got it written in the New King James, but I have it memorized in the NIV. Those, uh, those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, fall away. You're like, that has to do with sin. It has to do with sin and non-sin. Time of testing comes where, you know what, we want you to lock your church down for a virus with a 0.1% death rate. So there's your time of testing, although for me, not much of a test. 
Have you had resurrections of Tyrannosaurus Rex running throughout the globe? And it may have been a little dangerous to to traverse from your house to the church because of wild Tyrannosaurus Rexes everywhere? That would be at least a decent test. But a 0.1% death rate? Lock it down? Not much of a test. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, for most Christians, the time of testing is, what will the Democratic Party think of my behavior? And a lot of, a lot of conservatives inside of the church, but I don't care, I don't care what they think. Well, why, do you do, why do you do everything they command? Man, I'm shifting into podcast mode, but here's the thing. I haven't said this in the church for a while, but I do say it every podcast. What absolutely blows my mind about the modern church, and I mean globally. Remember in the American church, you used to be like, well, you know what? We've had African missionaries come over, and they said there just was no way to be able to do a revival in America because of the mass unbelief. But luckily in Africa, if everyone wants to get touched, they can go to Africa. And that's where the Spirit of God is really moving. They all close, too. What, what amazes me is, is that people know that these globalist big pharma corporations are baby butchering globalist leftists. But the church believes that when there's a pandemic, that suddenly they sprout wings of virtue. And you can believe anything they say. Line me up to take a metal rod of the baby butcher's juice and jam it into my bloodstream. You can't stand them philosophically. You can't stand them theologically. You can't stand them politically. But suddenly, the people who have no idea what a man is or what a woman is, who butcher the unborn, who have men marrying men, have men in women's bathrooms, suddenly sprout wings of tremendous virtue. To lot and all the church says, Brick, come on in. We never let the devil in. Yeah, you did. You let maybe something even worse. It's almost like possession. Get that into my bloodstream. You're welcome. I'm already banned off YouTube again anyway. Bunch of bunch of cowards. Why, why is everyone afraid of an opposing viewpoint? I, I watch opposing views. Right now, hope's all over me about it. I'm feuding with somebody on Twitter. <laughs> See, that they get all upset. It, they think I'm really trying to change them. I'm not trying to change them. I'm having fun. <laughs> it's so easy to defeat them. <laughs> Bible verse after Bible verse. All you got to do is ask them all the time. Give me a list. You espouse this and you espouse that. Give me a list of all those times that happened. They don't ever have one. It shuts them down. It just starts with a whole bunch of the same thing Christians say. I believe, I believe, I believe. Well, you believe means nothing. What's written matters, matters the most and then facts matter the second most. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. That right there is the embodiment of the modern church, but we're slipping back into verse 13, though. 
Used to be that was pretty much where everybody was. But now we're getting to the place of falling away. Used to be just no fruit to maturity. Now we're shifting back into verse 13 where people are falling away. All the while thinking that they're, all the while thinking that they're solid as they make their lateral moves. I'm leaving. You know, they didn't do enough for the hurricane. Oh, great, great job. Now you're back at the church who COVID caved. You, cave, you came here to get, to get away from the church that shut its doors for 18 months, that sat you in COVID clumps when you had to bring your own lawn chair and sit there alone with your family, which by the way is where 80% of all COVID infections were in your own family, and they sit you with each other. It's the science though. Because the, the world is inverted. Everything that's science is lies. It's anti-science, it makes no sense, has no factual data. People run back. You start to unleash the Holy Ghost in your church. People leave the Holy Ghost to go back to their COVID caving church. I don't believe in people falling out. You don't read your Bible. There it goes. I don't believe. I believe. No, it should be. Here's what the Bible says. Magnify his word above what you believe and above his name even. Because you can blaspheme his name. You can profane his name. Pearsons do it all the time. It was funny because the girl, I believe she's a girl, you never know on Twitter, but we're going back and forth about abortion. I love it. I send him pictures. My son marvels at my, what do you call it? You're like your photo library on my phone. He goes, but you know what, Dad? It's one, your phone, your library is so weird. It says you got like 74 pictures of the dog. No pictures of me. Some political memes and aborted fetuses. I do. Those are people. I'm here to defend those souls. But what the girl did was, she actually used the verse this morning. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. She profaned the word. She, she added to it. She, goes, she said, she actually sent me, uh, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life so that man became a living being. And then man became a living being. It's not what it says. So that she can say, you know what? They're not a living being until God breathes into them. She profaned the word. She added words to it. I said that back to her. I said, you ever notice how you lie constantly? And if you have to lie to defend your narrative, how good's the narrative? I don't lie about nothing. But the ones that fell on the, on the good ground, verse 13, Luke 8, 8, verse 15, Luke 8, 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. That needs to be you. If you are saved, so you can see all of those seeds, remember, what are they? They are the word of God and they fall on different hearts. Just like right now, there's husbands and wives right now talking back and forth to one another when you should be listening to me. I know who you are, and you should be listening. I'm talking back and forth, the whole message. It's disrespectful, and you ought to stop it, and that's why God doesn't use you the way that you should be used. You know, whatever, whatever ground you, whatever seed you put into the ground is coming up. If you don't pay attention, people won't pay attention to you. 
Whenever I am at any church service, my phone is off. I don't sit there talking to my wife. There's times when I'm listening to messages, they are boring. Boring. You're not getting that here because you're either mad or not bored right now. But I pay attention because I want people to pay attention to me. Whatever you put in the ground's coming up. That's why nobody comes to your ministry. That's why it keeps staying the same and you're gonna make another lateral move. It does nothing because you won't submit. You're sitting there running your mouth during the message. It's disrespectful. You're lacking submission and you lack honor. And yes, I'm talking to you. Yes, I'm talking to you. If you're wondering, come up. Do you want to know about that one after the message? Ask me afterwards. I'll tell you if it was you. <laughs> if you are saved, you have the measure of faith. Romans 12, 3. You have the faith of the Son of God, Galatians 2, 20. You have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2, 16. You don't lack faith. Lord, I just need greater faith. That's an unbiblical prayer. Stop praying it. Luke chapter 17, stop praying it. Matthew chapter 21, stop praying it. You don't need any more faith. It's disrespectful to ask God for more faith. You were given Jesus' faith. I want more. You haven't conquered a cold yet, and you want to split the sea and walk on water. Give me more faith. Why would he give you more when you don't even use what you have? Where are the miracles? You're like, Tom, where are yours? There's, there's a lot, but I want more. I want more. See, I live in, the, in being confounded. I'm perplexed, but I'm not in despair. And I'm not perplexed in that I don't know what the answers are. I want people out of wheelchairs. I want the dead raised. If that's not happening, something's wrong. I'm not settling for anything else. I live in that tension. I live on that edge. I don't want that tension because then I won't be able to have peace. The only way to have peace is to live in that tension. Because that's the will of God. We need to answer questions in the church. Now, you believe the word, right? Now, I'm shifting back into where we left off last week. The first 35 minutes of this message were just me rambling on and on. Now we're back onto the message. You have faith. How many of you believe what the word of God says? All right, all right. You have that, so why don't we see it? You're like, Tom, don't you see? I do. I probably see it more than most. I've laid my hands on the sick. I've seen tumors disappear. I've seen it, and regularly. I expect it, period. I'm not worried about failing. Oh, man, if I fail, then I'm going to look stupid. I'm already stupid. <laughs> so are you. Without him, you can do nothing. You're stupid, too. You may think you're smart, but you're stupid. You're just as stupid as me. You may have an higher IQ, but you're just as stupid. <laughs> I'm not worried about failing. I'm not worried about... I'm not worried about what some scornful Christian thinks. Now you see, who wants, who wants what you have? 
Well, you see, I've said it. You know, all the miracles stopped in the book of Acts. You see? What about all the ones that didn't stop in the book of Acts that have happened? What about all the other testimonies? I don't, I don't worry about failing. People come up to me and say that I'm sick. My answer is always not for long. Even if I fail, it's just like this. If the Bible is not true and you, found, and you followed it your entire life, what did you lose? But if the Bible is true and you didn't follow it your whole life, you lost everything. So what do I lose? If I tell a sick person that they're going to be made well and they die anyway, or they remain sick, what has been lost? Well, you could cause them to be delusional. How can I cause them to be delusional? What's the Bible? The only people that are delusional are the ones who don't stand in the word of God. So let's answer these questions. Everybody, I'll just say it for ease of conversation, all the Christians in this room believe the Bible, believe what the Bible says, so why are we not seeing the miraculous and why do we not live in the specificity of the word of God? Where we know the voice of the Spirit, where we know what an open door is. Christians don't know. I see them make galactic errors all the time. What, are you error-free, Tom? No, I'm not. The only difference between me and them is I admit it. Well, that was stupid. It's not, listen, I'm, I'm a lot of things, but one of those things is I'm not dishonest. If I blow it, I just go. I, you know, I blew it. That was wrong. That was stupid. Boy, it cost the church a lot of money there. I have, I've done it, blown it, different times. I just don't hide, I don't try to adapt things. Like, well, you know, it was a life lesson. No, it wasn't, it was stupid. Listen, vomit's not gonna be anything but vomit. You, you, can, you can put flower, you can put rose petals on it all you want, still vomit. Still stinks, it'll overcome the rose petals. In my house, I'm the vomit cleaner upper. I'm vomit, man. Dog throws up, I clean up the vomit. My kids, my kids throw up, I clean up the vomit. They don't, that, now they clean up their own vomit, but back then. Even then, I'm, I'm still the vomit catcher. Right in here. Because hope can't do it. Hope dry heaves immediately. If, someone, if they're dry heaving, she starts to dry heave. And it's like she's actually releasing demonic spirits out of her body. That's how she dry heaves. So I'm vomit guy. Vomit, listen, vomits, it'll never be anything but vomit. So there's no point in treating it as anything else but vomit. And the who returns to the vomit? Dogs. Let me, let me tell you something about dogs. And don't worry, I'm not going to talk about my dog. At least not that much. A dog is a dog. I love dogs. Love them. Can't live without them. I love a dog. But they're dogs. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Because they're dogs. My dog is always a dog. Listen, there's times he will cower to a poodle. If he thinks that's beneficial for him, he's got no problem.
outside. He's got no self-esteem. He's a dog. It's beneficial to me right now. I've seen him drink the pee coming out of another dog. He's a dog. Why are you so grossed out? Your dog eats its poop. Your dog raids your cat litter box. You ever had that one in the middle of the night? My dog jumps in my face. Oh, he wants some love. And I'm like, it's just his mouth. It's pure poop. Like, get out of here. Get out of here. Out in the middle, out in four o'clock in the morning in the backyard with the hose spraying out his mouth. He's a dog. He'll cower to a poodle. And the other night, he's running alongside a 200-pound hog, biting the living tar out of the thing, smashing it into a fence. He has scars all over his face from his battles. Valiant, coward. Valiant, coward. That's a dog. That's not you and me. We stand. We take principled, biblical stands. We need to answer the questions in the church. We're standing in the word of God, so why don't we see the miraculous like we should? Instead, what we do is we come up with a vernacular. God has a purpose in it all. We're never gonna understand outside of heaven. He's healed in heaven. That's not Bible verses. That's why it makes the church, it makes the church not ready for battle. Because they're not standing in the word of God. Let me see if I got this in here. I brought some notes I wanted to, if I wanted to shift into this. Yeah, here we go. Here's, here's the thing. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5. Now, here's the thing. The Bible is faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Bible is faith. It's the promises of God. And everybody wants that. But you have to preach both sides or you're really not operating in faith. It's my only problem with some faith preachers. They preach faith. I'm believing for $100,000. I believe for this. But they don't preach the entire witness of the word. Therefore, people are only getting finances. They only get a portion of what the word promises. Because they don't actually preach the full witness of the word. They never go help fire and brimstone. If you don't go help fire and brimstone, you're not operating in faith because faith is the word of God. So you won't get the promises of God unless you have the full witness of God. They never preach about the judgment seat of Christ. They never preach narrow is the way if you find it. They never preach about the mark of the beast. It's only, you know what, we were believing for a plane, we were believing for a bus, we were believing for financial provision. And the, most of the people around them never get it because they're not actually preaching to them the word of God. They're part and parceling the word of God. So that's not the full witness of the word, so you can't walk by faith. Psalm 103, one through five says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Yes! That's all of our yeses. But then you need to preach this. Otherwise, you won't ever get the promises because you're actually not preaching faith. Faith is the word of God. Revelation 2, 10 and 11. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer, Indeed, the devil's about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. Rodney Howard Brown learned that, right? He preaches the full witness of the, go- of the gospel. That you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an, has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Preaching about believing for stuff, but you don't actually pre- preach the full witness of the word of God. 
You'll be like me. I sternly correct people. That's being a real pastor. Not, you know, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. It's not what I, that's not all I'm supposed to do. I do both. I go to people who are in need. I'm like, do you need anything? Ask people. Do you need anything? Nobody shells out thousands like this church for people in need. The only other churches that do are in Pittsburgh at Revival today and River up in Tampa. That's it. Nobody else does what we do. Oh, I'm leaving because you know, they didn't do enough for the hurricane. How do you even know what we did for the hurricane? Did you ever ask? <laughs> did you ever ask anything at all? Travis Dexter was working himself to the death. Thousands upon tens of thousands of dollars going everywhere. I don't do enough. You're just a liar. You're just looking to get out from underneath the full gospel because it bothers you. You found your excuse. You're making your lateral move again. It's like you've always done. No miracles, no salvations. Your kids probably aren't saved. You make another move. Maybe you're wrong. The fruit says that you're wrong. In the eye in the sky, it do not lie. You're welcome. See, that's how I live. I, listen, none of, nobody, nobody can criticize me. I've already told you I wasted 50 years out of my 54. See how quiet it is in here? I don't, want, I don't want to be at that place. You already are. God already knows. You already are. Why live in denial? When I say that, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's carpet bombing. There was pockets of good things. I won souls at the sheriff's office. My kids are saved. I'm still married 27 years later. There's good things. But I'm talking about, I, I don't want to just be a Bible cover, skinny jeans wearing, latte sucking Christian. My perfect little spectacles on and my perfect little haircut. It's another conference. Where's the coffee bar? Probably one of the reasons why I don't drink coffee. I don't want to be like all the other Christians. You're welcome. So the word is faith, amen? And we, be, and we believe the word. So we have to ask ourselves, because we have to answer the questions, why is nothing happening? How does seed grow? If the word is seed, how does it grow? How does seed grow? There's a myriad of things. There's no wrong answer. Those of you saying water, you're right. Those of you saying ground, it's surroundings is how it grows. Now you were given this seed of faith. The measure of faith is seed. Every, it's all encompassing. When you, when you plant an orange tree in Florida, you don't need to add anything to it like they did with the virus. You need to add something to it, make it more transmissible to people. No, that's human beings doing that. A perfect seed, which by the way, nobody can, nobody can, people have mutated seeds, you can't make them. Can't do it. It's like they can't make a heartbeat. They can shock it back into beating, but they can't ever make it up. It's a mystery. Seeds are the same way. Nobody knows how that works. That's why they don't make them. That's why I want to launch into this whole global seed thing right now, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> but it's perfect in and of itself. How, what affects it is what surrounds it, which goes, where, goes back to where we were last week. What's the ambient noise around it? 
You have perfect faith. What's affecting it? Because seed will pull from everything around it. Pulls from the soil. Pulls from the moisture. So what are you, what are you massaging your seed with? You already said you believe it, right? You believe it. When God says you're supposed to be well, took up your infirmities, carried your diseases. Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. You believe all that. Everything you lay your hands to is supposed to prosper or does prosper. You believe it. Just like you believe that Jesus took up all your sin. You believe it. But what is surrounding that belief? What's influencing it? The ambient noise around it, what is it? What do you do when you're not here? You're like, Tom, are you gonna follow me home? No, not interested. No. But what do you do? You're doing something. I'm doing nothing. No, you're never doing nothing. Unless you're, well, even sleeping, your mind's working. What are you doing? So the first question is, have you planted seed? That's for the unbeliever. Because if you're an unbeliever, you haven't planted the seed yet. There is no faith. But for those of you who are in this room, which is the majority, who believe the word of God, because if you didn't believe the word of God, you never survived this church. You wouldn't survive it. You, you just want your placid, watered-down message that makes you feel good about you. Whether you're heaven-bound or hell-bound, I don't know when you stand like that. I don't know. So we, we have planted the seed. Now what are you doing to support it? Here's the lead-in at 1145. Ephesians 4, 29 and 30. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification. What's edification mean? I don't feel, feel, really feel edified by that message. Edification has been just, just reprobated in the church. Just like, just like offense. I wasn't really edified by that. I don't, I don't find the messages very edifying. Why do you need to be built up when you're accomplishing nothing? Why would you need to be built up? Shouldn't you be torn down and be rebuilt so that you're useful? <laughs> 50, 50 out of 54 years, be as offended as you want to be. I've already acknowledged my failings. I use the word failings. Let no corrupt words. So if we're going to support the infallible seed of the word of God, infallible, perfect, will produce a massive harvest because God is the Lord of the harvest. Which again, I bring to you, if there is no harvest in your life, that means there's no seed that's been planted in that area. Can't be. And God is... Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. But let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, what is good to build you up, that it may impart grace to the heavens. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye have been sealed until the day of redemption. So what am I talking about here? I am talking about what you say. Now I want you to get this concept. 
you have logos, which is what? Logos is the written word. We have all said that we believe it. Right? We believe it. It's not believing in Tom, not believing in Foundation Church. We believe the word of God. Amen? So you have logos. The question is, do you have rhema? Now, you can't have rhema without logos, and logos doesn't work without rhema. What is Hebrews 4.12? For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrows, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. What does two-edged sword mean? I didn't know either. I didn't know either until a week ago. Because all the answers that you just gave are wrong. And I would have said the wrong thing too. What two-edged sword means is two-mouthed. Logos, rhema. Two-mouths. Everyone thinks it's a two-edged sword like sharp on two sides. That's correct. But what it actually means is two-mouthed. The teaching on it by Gregory Dicko. Look at it, but that's that's the Greek meaning. Two mouthed. Two mouthed. Revelation two sixteen. Let me back this up. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The written word. That's Jesus talking. Revelation nineteen fifteen. Now out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. That with it, he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God. The, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Two-edged sword means two mouths involved. What are the two mouths? Written word and a spoken word, Rama. Now, the spoken word has to be the Logos written word, or it's blasphemy. Two mouth swords. So you have Jesus and man. Two mouth sword. That's not all though. It's a deep message. I should have I should have started right here. Number two, two mouth sword. You have Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the written word. The Holy Ghost is the Rhema word. That's John 16, 13. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. That's the spoken word. Jesus in partnership with man. Jesus in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Jesus in partnership with spirit-filled believers. The spoken word, the Holy Ghost, well, you know what? I'd rather just have the Trump and vaccine stuff. That's why I came. I'm leaving now. They're talking about the Holy Ghost and people rolling around on the floor. I'm going back. So you now you wanted the Trump anti-vaccine, anti-COVID message, but you left the church because we started talking about the Holy Ghost, even though I never wasn't talking about the Holy Ghost. But if people started, in the old church, we didn't have room to pray over people. So now you got offended and went back to your COVID caving church. That makes a lot of sense. That's not a lateral move. You're actually going backwards on the escalator. 
So you shouldn't just want the anti-vaccine, anti-COVID stuff. You should want the Holy Ghost. Because the only way to overcome the spirits behind those things is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit of the living God. He's here. Jesus is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. God is in heaven. The Holy Ghost is here. You want your problem solved? It's the Holy Ghost. But if ye then... Being evil to know, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who? About 27 people in this room knew that. You gotta ask. You've been taught that it's inherent. It's not. It's not the word of God. Acts 19, one through seven. Acts 8, 14 through 17. Luke eleven thirteen. you have to ask. You have to be willing to speak in tongues. Well, if I do that, then all my Baptist family members at Thanksgiving are going to hate me. Let them hate you. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. That's how a lot of Christians live, too. Their Christianity is limited by the people in their own family around them to avoid offending them. I don't want to offend my wife. You know, she's Catholic and I'm Pentecostal, so we just both go to the Catholic church. What are you doing? First of all, the only person with testicles in your house is you. Those testicles should lead the way. You're welcome. I'm not, tra- I'm not transgender sensitive here, if that's what you're wondering. So the question is, let's go through one through three. Do you have the written word? Now, do you have the spoken word? Do you speak it? How do you speak it? Well, in order to speak it, you gotta know it. Most Christians don't know the Bible. They say they believe it, they don't know it. They say they're Christians, but they actually reject Christianity. If they actually read the Bible, they'd no longer be Christians because it's not tolerant. They believe that Jesus is all accommodating, all tolerant, bongo playing, dope smoking hippie. That'll meet you at the bar. He's not. He's pure and he's holy and he's righteous and he's judgmental. So they'd reject him outright. They just have their own version of Jesus. And when they're judged at that great white throne judgment or cast into the lake of fire, they're going to be believing the whole time that they're saved. So do you have the written word? We've all said that we do. Right? We have the written word. We believe it. But do you have rhema? Do you speak it? Are you afraid to speak it? If I say it in front of people and it doesn't happen, I'm going to look stupid. Look stupid. Just be like me. Just give up like me. I have, I have no social concern. Ask anybody about what anybody thinks of me. None. I don't know. I mean, you're like, are there lines there? Do I care what Rodney Howard Brown thinks of me? Yeah, he's my pastor. I care what he thinks about me. But a heathen or a Christian doesn't stand in the word of God? I don't care what they think. It doesn't mean I don't love them. I just don't care what you think. I've had people come up to me and I'm like, are you under the delusion that I care what you think? Because let's just cross that bridge right now because you need to understand. I have absolutely no concern about what you think. If you don't come to me with the Bible, which nobody does, nobody ever comes to me with the Bible. Nothing. Well, the reason why we're leaving is because you didn't do enough for the hurricane. Is that a ver- hurricane? Is that a verse? A hurricane Ian. 
So you have the written word, do you have the spoken word? Do you have the, you, know, you have the written word, do you have the Holy Ghost? Well, I, Tom, that's where you cross the line. I'm with you on your stands, I'm with you being hardcore, I'm, I'm with you telling people they're going to hell, I'm with you. But I don't, don't tell me I gotta speak in tongues. I didn't. The, the Bible does, and you talk about how great Paul is. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank my God I speak in tongues more, more than you all. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him. How bait in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Oh, Paul. Wonder why it was that he won so many souls, because his message and his preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. You want to argue them into the kingdom of God, telling people how wrong they are. Listen, you should tell them how wrong they are, but then you've got to give them the solution. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, they are wrong. And by the way, again, we're about yeses and noes here. We let our yes be yes and our no be no. I am fervently anti-things, and you'll hear it every Sunday. Without hesitation. I'm not one of the, I'm not, well, we're just tell people what we're for, not what we're against. That's not a Bible verse. You do both. Well, I was fine with that church until they started to talk, speak in tongues. You're, you're, you're anti-Christ. You're anti the word of God. Until the tongues are too weird for me, then Jesus is too weird for you. Holy Ghost is too weird for me. You're not asking them. I have my pride. I'm not going to be like that. Pride goes before destruction. See, you, have, you cannot win. You cannot win. You have to ask them. Well, I don't want to ask them. It scares me. It's God. Don't you, think it's all, don't you think that you'll be all right in his hands? I'm not asking. Listen, rest assured, I'm not asking you to ask me to move in. I'm asking you to ask the Holy Spirit to move in. For him to follow you around. I've told you before, if you followed me around for a week, you'd be disappointed. Very disappointed. I wear shirts that my wife despises. Because when I put them on, I have to look up because there's actually two giant holes. Because they're worn out, so I have to pick the neck hole. Giant holes in my armpits. And I walk around in public like that. Howdy do, neighbor. Redneck is redneck can be. So you have the word, but do you have the rhema word? So words are what? Words are what? Faith without works is dead, right? Words are works. If you don't have the words, you're missing really half of faith. Spoken word, rhema, written word, logos. You're missing half of it. You gotta speak it. People come up to you, whether it's family or whatever, and say, oh, you know, I heard you're sick. You doing all right? I'm not going to be sick long. Well, that will offend my grandmother. 
Well, she ain't going to be your grandmother in heaven. Man, it's quiet in here. It's funny. It's funny watching the faces. Some of you are way, listen, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That's just Jesus talking now. Matthew 10, 37 through 39. Some of you are like, family is the most important thing. That's not Bible. It's not the Bible. It's not the Bible. And it's the way to make your family hate you when you put them in an idolatrous situation. Kids number one. Minivans, juice boxes, lopped off short hair. You marry, I was listening to Jesse Duplantis preach, he was talking about his wife, Kathy, and he goes, Kathy came up to him, Kathy went up to him and said, I'm not that, you know, that naive girl that, that you married. And he goes, I love that girl. <laughs> A lot of people, they have kids, it's over. I just want something convenient. I don't want my wife to look convenient. I don't want her looking hot. Forget them. What about me? The worst thing you can do for your kids is become a horrible spouse. That's what the path most people follow, though. Everybody gets fat. Everybody lops off their hair. You might be thinking, well, Tom, you're fat. I'm not as fat as I could be. <laughs> you should see what I eat. <laughs> Yesterday's dinner was Publix fried chicken. Steak, fries, macaroni and cheese, a drumstick ice cream bar, two Slurpees, and I poly- and then a half a bag of gummy worms. Mm. It could be way worse than this. This is not great, but it could be worse. I go around and move around and burn a lot of it off. I want her to at least be interested. But it's just, it's really odd to watch Christians walk in a way that's antithetical to the Word of God. They get married, and you're supposed to love your wife like Christ loved the church, and you put on 50 pounds. Stop going to the gym and take up fishing. You end up doing everything she hates. Now to the wives. You become mom. Listen, I'm sorry if you have your kids in here. It's your fault. There is an entire kids wing in here. Nobody wants to have sex with mom. 
I want my girlfriend back, not my kid's mom. Get the makeup back out. Let the hair grow long. Let's sell the milli minivan. And let's go back to dating, and we'll just take our kids with us. Everything changes once you have kids. Nothing changed for me when I had kids. Nothing. I just took them everywhere. Everywhere. Well, you can't take them out. To, no. I took them everywhere. The nicest restaurants everywhere. You know why? Because they wouldn't dare move. <laughs> People come up to us. How do you do that with your kids? The rod. That's how I do it. They wouldn't dare move. There was no, like, you know, question. You just want to come up and tell you, your kids are just marvelously behaved. Yeah, I know. I beat that into them. <laughs> My kids wouldn't dare bring home an unsaved boyfriend or girlfriend. They wouldn't dare. There's no concept of that. There's no concept in my home of not tithing. That's an option. There's no concept because it's antithetical to the word. So we have the written word. Notice that I'm also speaking the written word. You have to have the written word, but you also have have to have the spoken word. Both, or it's not going to work. 12.05. Everybody doing all right? I'm going to stop making promises because I end up being a liar. I'll get you out of here at a reasonable time. I'm watching the clock. It's right in front of my face the entire time. Some pastors don't care about the clock. I do. But just not enough to cheapen the message. I want you to, get to, I want you to hear at the end of this. So you have to have both. Now, the spoken word carries great power because it's the spoken written word. Remember John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. Jesus created the world. It was all created through him. Jesus is the word. And then God speaks Jesus, and he forms things. By the way, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, every spiritual blessing has been given to you, so you have that power too. You can speak logos into existence. Oh, that's just mysticism. Nope. That's the word of God. You can speak disease into non-existence. Listen to this. Psalm chapter 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. How was Satan made? God made him with his mouth. How was Michael made? With God's mouth. Spoke it. It's powerful. The spoken word is powerful. The written word is powerful. And you have to have both. Matthew 12, 37. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. Matthew 12, 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Words are incredibly important. And let me just tell you this. For some of you, like me, 
who struggle to not talk too much. I have a tendency to talk too much. I have a tendency to suck every ounce of oxygen out of any room I walk into. Sometimes some of you probably think that I'm quiet and that I'm reserved because you see me. A lot of times what it is is I'm just holding back. I've gotten to the place in my life where I'm like, you know what? Unless they ask, I'm not talking about it. If they ask or I'm confronted with it, then it's coming. You come up to me afterwards today and you say, hey, I'm dating a girl. Okay, you asked. Here it comes. Here come the Bible verses. And you will leave confounded, convicted, or righteous, depending on who the girl is. You're welcome. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and whoever loves it eats its fruit. Now, see, you know what's that verse always used for? Well, you know, you don't want to offend people. Don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's not what it says. Does that apply? Yeah, it applies. But what it means is what it means. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Life, if you're speaking rhema word knowledge. Life. Death, if you're speaking death. And by the way, we're supposed to kill things too. Here it is. Matthew chapter 21, 19. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only and said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. That's Jesus talking. He's not judgmental. People are going to be absolutely stunned to find out that Jesus is hardcore conservative redneck. Who does not drink Bud Light for numerous reasons. And presently, the fig tree withered away. There's some things in your life you need to curse to death. I don't know what they are. You already do. Some of you have a rancid, putrid attitude. You need to curse that thing to death. You need to be like me. I, listen, I default to rancid. Some of you default to sunshine. Not many of you. Even though the church now, if I was to estimate, there's probably 200 empty chairs in here, 150 empty chairs in here, so there's six, 700 people in here, eight, 900 in the building. I still know a lot of people, and I run into very few sunshine people. I preach about this once every six months, sunshine people. You're not. There are very few. Jeff Tomas is one. Seriously, he's always the same. Love you too. I'm, I'm seriously, he's my friend. He's a good friend of mine, close friend of mine. He's, he's always the same. I admire that about him. Always the same, always upbeat. Okay, that's not me. I have to take every thought captive now. There's many mornings when I get up, I'm like, I hate life. And I start talking to myself, though. So I'm not like everybody else who just goes by the, the biochemical farts in their brain. It's all that your feelings are, are gas. They don't mean anything. What matters is the Word of God, and then I take the Word of God and speak it 
into myself. You are heaven bound. Oftentimes I wake up in the morning and I've got this contention. I've got the negativity and I've actually got God speaking. Almost, to me, it's almost audible. There's a song in my head. Heaven is here right now. Heaven is here right now. Here comes heaven. It's in my head. Or something else. Or something else. It's competing against my carnality. And I choose. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, I choose the life. I choose it. Now, what did I just, what did I just preach to you right there? What did I just say to you? Rhema word knowledge, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. What if I don't know that verse and I can't rhema that verse? Study to show yourself approved. Turn the screens off. If I do, I'll be bored. You won't be. You just don't know what life is anymore. Life to you now is, is dopamine dumps. It didn't exist. How many people here are over the age of 40? Shout amen. It didn't exist when you were a kid. I was telling my son this the other day. You know, back, back when I was a kid, if you actually wanted to hang around with your friends, you had to go to your friends. If you wanted any socialization, you had to go find people. I actually, listen, I walk, I'm constantly walking. I'm always talking to my neighbors. I don't sit there like this. I put the phone away. And I look at them, and I talk to my neighbors. It's, I call it Addie's daycare. It's all of his various friends with their dogs. I stop, and we talk. About all sorts of things. And that's how people end up coming to the church. I won't get into that now, but I've told you. I live in a small neighbor. You're wondering why you never win the loss? You don't talk to people. I talk to human beings, and I don't even like people. understand that's sarcasm now. I love people. I really, the way that I am is I actually love people, but I do struggle in this current world to like them. Because I'm like, how can you be so stupid? Back in the day, unsaved people, they, they weren't stupid. Now you've got saved people that are stupider than lost people. How is it that Joe Rogan, number one podcaster on the planet, was talking about the mark of the beast before the evangelical church. That's a fact, by the way. He was saying on his podcast, he's a devout atheist. He mocks Christianity. But he actually said on his podcast, this looks like the book of Revelation unfolding right before our very eyes. While, all the, while the churches were closed, masked, vaccinated, and social distanced. And he was the antithesis of all that. Got quiet in here again. I can always tell I'm working a nerve. So Jesus answered, Matthew 21, 21, and 22. He kills off the fig tree in 19. Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, so you'll kill stuff that needs to be killed, but you'll say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Whatever you ask in faith, believing it will be done. But why won't people say it? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus saw the fig tree. He killed it in front of his disciples. 
He raised the dead in front of his disciples. Walked on the water in front of his disciples. Why did he, why did he not hesitate? He wasn't afraid of what people would think. You're like, well, yeah, because it always worked for him. Well, it's always supposed to work for you because you're supposed to, John 14, 12, do greater works than he did. It always, you know, what, well, you know, it always, it always worked for, did it always work for him? Yeah, the miracles always worked, but wasn't there a consequence? Mocked, ridiculed, nailed to a cross? He still did it, why aren't you? Why aren't you? I'm afraid of the consequences of rhema wording, speaking it out loud. Some of you need to say to your wife, honey, we need to sit down and study Ephesians chapter five. You're the spiritual leader of your home, right? I got one mm-hmm and an amen from my wife. If you're a single mom, then you're the leader of your house. If your husband is unsaved, then you're the spiritual leader of your house. But if you're a man and you're the leader of your house, maybe you need to sit down with your wife and go over Ephesians chapter 5 and start with verse 25, not 22. Wives, uh, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church. And then you go to 22, which says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Then you go to verse 20, which says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Maybe that's what you should do, is rhema word it. Don't go to another conference. Grab your wife, grab your Bible, and fix your marriage with rhema word. Speak it. Well, if I do, she'll get mad when I use the word submission. Let her get mad. None of you, they'll do anything to avoid a fight. I will fight every day for righteousness. Every day I'll fight. Well, just, you know, the wife ain't happy. The whole house isn't happy. Bull crap. I want her to be happy. I don't care whether she's happy or not. I'm happy. She doesn't care whether I'm happy or not. She's happy. You know, I can be married in heaven anyway. So why won't people say it? Fear of failure. Fear of man. What, is, what does the fear of man bring? Some of you know. What's it bring? Say it out loud. A snare. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man bringeth the snare. But, who, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. What are you fearful about? They'll call me names. Well, who cares? They're, listen, we're only here for a whisper of time. Eternity is what counts. People, people will mock us. People will mock us. You failed in this. You failed in that. They're going to find out they were wrong. They ridiculed Jesus, Matthew 9, 24. He said to them, make room for the girl is not dead, but she's only sleeping. They ridiculed him. What did he do? Raised her from the dead. That's what we're supposed to do. We find a place to close this out. Yeah, I'll close it right here. Worship team, you guys can make your way. So you have to have the written word. And you have to have the spoken word, which is the written word. And this is where I'll close. I already alluded to it. There's only one way to have rhema word knowledge. There's only one way to speak the word, and that is to know the word. Finishing with these four verses glommed together. Proverbs 11, 8 and 9. The righteous is delivered from trouble. Everybody like that? I like that. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked instead. It's like in a zombie apocalypse. 
Always make sure you're hanging around with a slower person. Use that same analogy on a bear trail. You're going to be walking where there's grizzlies? Make sure you're walking with a slower person. <laughs> the righteous is delivered from trouble, and it comes to the wicked and said, Why, how? How does that work? The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous will be delivered. Through what? Rhame a word. You have to know it to speak it. You'll be delivered by what you say. As you say logos, as you say the written word, you're delivered. 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. His divine power has given to us all things. The seed is complete. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Because of which, by which, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. By what? By knowledge. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature. There you go. Did that make an impact on anybody today? It'll change your life. Get a couple verses, memorize them, and start speaking. What? What, what ails you? you know, I'm not just talking about sickness, illness, disease. What ails you in your life? Find what the word of God says and speak into it life or death. There's some things you need to be cursing to death. And there's things that you need to be resurrecting. There's things that you need to be sustaining. There's things that you need to be healing. It's all in the word. Amen? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Praise you, Lord. If you need to get right with God this morning, now is your time. I'm going to do this quick. What do I mean get right with God? It's very simple. It has to do with the three-letter word, and the three-letter word is called sin. Just because you call, label yourself Christian doesn't mean that you're safe. I know you've probably been preached that, but they're wrong. It's not the Bible. Nothing called eternal security in the Bible. Nothing. If you've fallen away from God, now is your time. That's a hell-bound condition. I didn't say that you're struggling. Get it, you sin, you get it right, you sin, get it right. That's struggling with sin. But if you've conceded to sin and you're living a lifestyle of sin, it doesn't matter whether you said a sinner's prayer. It's called apostasy. You've fallen away. Tom, that's harsh. Listen, if you consider that harsh, you consider Jesus to be harsh because that's the Bible. So if that's you, I'm talking to you right now. Maybe you've never known Christ. Maybe you've never come to salvation. Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 3, no man cometh, well, that's a different verse, but no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Is John 6, is in John chapter 6, but John chapter 3, verse 3 is, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're not saved, understand that this life will run out. Most people in America die at the age of 77. That's not correct, but that's where they die. This life runs out quickly. And if you believe like me, it's 120 years, which is biblically correct in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Life is a vapor, and it goes quickly. 
What matters is eternity. If you've never been saved, understand that you are carrying the weight of your sin. But in John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, Jesus became the propitiation, the sacrifice for your sin. Him being completely and totally innocent of sin took on your sin for you. For you. Will you accept that propitiation? That's salvation. That's being born again. How do you accept it? You simply say, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I turn from my sin. That's it. For those of you that have fallen away, all you need to do is say, I turn from my sin. And I recommit my life to Christ. If that's anybody in this room, nobody's looking around but me. I'm your witness. I've been doing these altar calls different. I just do them how I see fit. If that's you and you need to get your life right with God, I'm looking all around this room right now. And believe me, I'm the only one. If that's you and you need to get your life right with God, right where you're at, stretch your hand up into the air. I'm not going to bring you forward. I'm not taking you into a back room. I'm not doing anything. I got you. If, if you know that it's you, there you go. I got you. And you haven't raised your hand yet, now's your time. Raise it now. People to my left, anybody. Got you. Got you in the back. Got you to the center left. Got you to my center right. Got you to my right. Those of you who lifted up your hands, we're going to pray this prayer. The entire church is going to pray it out loud with you. But you pray it directly to the almighty God of Israel in the name of Jesus. And you are born again. You are saved. And your life is about to become abundant. Your life is about to become powerful. Your life is actually going to embody the word life from this day on. As you are born again once you pray this prayer. Here we go. Everybody pray this out loud. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name. And the church shouts, amen. amen. That's good, isn't it? Amen. That's good. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.